eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. What's your story? My story. Do you want the cliff notes or do you want the full epilogue? The full thing, totally unabridged. All right, well, my name is Liz Germain. I am a 32-year-old female entrepreneur living in San Diego, California. And to, it's always challenging to put my story into, you know, one succinct, little, neatly wrapped package. But I'll do my best for you. So I was born and raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I grew up not very healthy at all. I didn't really have very many positive influences in my life. I went to one of the biggest, actually the biggest school in Michigan. Uh, we had about 1,200 people per grade in my high school, and so it was a it was a wild west. I feel like I went through a strong initiation as a young girl, a uh, young teenager, to you know I really developed a thick skin and learned how to deal with a lot of different types of people and a lot of like social influences. And I've always been a very sensitive, empathic person. And I remember growing up, I always thought I was, you know, for people who are not empathic or who are not, who don't feel really big feelings, um, it can be hard to understand someone who does feel everything. And so I remember having all these insecurities about being too much of a feeler. Like the word crazy for the longest time really um, triggered me a lot because I felt everything. So I was, you know, having an emotional response to, to real life things that were happening in my life. And I always wondered, why is it so easy for this other person over here to, you know, just go about their days if nothing just happened? Like a specific example of that was when 9-11 happened. Um, I was really deeply impacted by that. And a lot of people just were kind of in my class, like joking, you know, like going about their day, like it didn't really happen. And I'm sitting there thinking about all the families that are being affected and and things like that. So all that to say, I've always been a really empathic person and I, I really feel the emotions and the energy of other people around me. And so growing up and going to a really big school and all that, I just, it was overwhelming. And so I remember I had a dark period of my life when I was probably about a junior in high school, started getting into like really not so, so savory groups of people and, you know, doing things like skipping class and, and other things that I'm not uh, certainly not proud of. And I started dating this guy at the time who it was like my first high, he's my high school sweetheart, my first big romance. And we had a really magical relationship. He took me to prom, like we had the whole thing going. It's like, just like a fairy tale, you know, just like they, they see in the movies. And uh, about a year later, after we went to prom, um, he, he was really struggling with some things. He, I noticed that he would be drinking when he was, you know, just waking up, getting out of bed. And, you know, he seemed to be really struggling with finances and, and things like that. But, you know, it seemed like a lot of people were in that boat. So I didn't, it didn't really trigger any red flags for me um, or any warning signs for me. And I remember after we went to prom, uh, I was soon to graduate high school and one of the worst days ever, he broke up with me. And I was like, okay, you know what? That sucks, that really sucks. Like, I don't want you to leave, this is not what I want. Um, but he was like, I just, I can't do this. I need to move, blah, blah, blah. And so he moved away and thought to myself, you know, this really sucks, but at least I'm gonna go to college, you know, in a couple months here. My life is about to change completely. I have no idea what's ahead for me. So I'm just gonna like buckle down and do the best I can in school and get my own life together as much as I can here in Michigan. And so he ended up moving away. I went on with my life and I ended up meeting someone new. And a few months later, he came back. And this is, this, you'll understand why I'm telling this story because it was a, it was literally the most impactful thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And it has shaped everything I've done since this point. So he ended up coming back and said, I made a really big mistake. I really miss you. I want to get back together. And I had the hard, task of sharing with him that you know I, I didn't want this and also you chose it and I've moved on with my life and I don't think that that's in the cards anymore and a week later I got a call from a mutual friend sharing with me that he committed suicide a few days after that conversation so that was really really tough especially as an 18 year old girl fresh into college I didn't know like I, I'll never forget I was in my dorm room that day when I got that call was my mutual friend John he called me and he's like do you have a moment I'm like yeah what's up he's like it's about Jason 
are you alone? Like, do you have some time? I'm like, yeah, what's wrong? What's going on? And he shared the news with me that he had shot himself. And I literally collapsed onto my dorm room bed and just weeping, sobbing, like in experiencing so many emotions, like disbelief, anger, sadness, rage, like deep, deep sorrow and a lot of disbelief. So anyway, long story long, a few weeks later his, was his funeral and it was open casket. And I will never get that image out of my head for as long as I live. Seeing someone that you once loved and shared such a beautiful relationship, lifeless in front of you with a bullet hole through his head, like I pray that no one ever has to have that experience, but it drastically changed me to my core and it rocked me to the deepest parts of my soul. And the following weeks and months after that, it was so bizarre. I kept seeing him, like he himself as a person was dead, but I kept seeing him and I would like call his, his voicemail just to hear his voice again until eventually it was shut off. And there were all these memories that just haunted my whole experience in Michigan and I just had to leave. I, it was driving me crazy. So I had to leave. And, and in that moment, hearing at his funeral, hearing his mother and his brother, his younger brother, speak about him in tears, sharing all the things that they wish that they could have done differently or they, they missed about him and, you know, what a beautiful soul he was and this and that, all the things I knew to be true too. It was one of the most heart-wrenching, difficult situations I have ever experienced in my life. And I'm, I'm blessed and grateful to have had that experience as an 18-year-old girl because it gave me the thickest skin and the strongest determination ever. And so when I decided to pack up my bags and move to California, I also made the decision that I was going to get my whole life together and I was going to just crush it and everything that I did in his name. Because had I known that it was really as bad as it was, I would have done everything in my power to have prevented that from happening. And so I made a commitment in that moment that I'm going to be that voice and I'm going to be the example for other people out there experiencing the same symptoms of depression with the intention of hopefully preventing someone from making a permanent decision to a temporary problem. And so moved to California, got all my stuff together. My parents didn't believe me. They were like, okay, good luck. And I was like, no, watch me. <laughs> so I moved to California and it started with me. I had to get myself healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally, all the things. And so I started running. I started working out a lot. I started eating better. I went to California where nobody knew who I was. So I could literally rewrite the entire story of what the world saw me as. And I got to choose that in that decision. And so got super healthy, did super well in school, ended up graduating with Dean's, Dean's honors and, you know, awards out the wazoo, not to brag, but I really hit the ground running when I came out to California because I had a purpose and a mission and I was, I was unstoppable in that moment because I also had a really strong why. And after I graduated college, decided to start my first digital business, which was a, an online health and fitness business with, that I started with my sister who followed in my footsteps. So she also moved out to California. She also got healthy. We learned all the foods to eat, how to strength train, even as women without getting bulky, like all the normal things uh, that people worry about these days. And went to this program at UCLA, learned how to be a fitness trainer and a fitness instructor, got all those certifications and then started a blog. And this was back when Instagram was just first getting started. And so we started our WordPress blog, started sharing healthy recipes. And originally there was no intention to like start a huge international business with this. There was, that was literally like a side note. We had seen other people do it, so we knew it was possible. And we were wanting to try to get to that level, um, but that was never the intention. The intention originally with our blog and social media accounts was to share recipes and recaps of the workouts that we did in our classes, both at UCLA and other private training gyms that we were working at in LA at the time. And so lo and behold, a few months of you know just providing free content and value for people we started getting women from Brazil and women from Australia, women from all parts of Europe, women from even in the Middle East who were asking us for more recipes to adapt and make, you know, our whole signature thing was turning unhealthy things into healthy alternatives. So we would, you know, make a cauliflower pizza crust and have veggies on top of it instead of, you know, if you're craving pizza, that's like, eat this, not that kind of thing. So we started getting all these requests coming in from all around the world. And it was really exciting. And it grew super fast um, using Pinterest, using Instagram, and using our blog as a platform with our email list and all the things. And, and so at that point, we decided, okay, 
wouldn't it be cool if we did the things that we're doing in the gym, but put them online for these other women to be able to be a part of. And so we hosted our first group fitness challenge and we were hoping to get 10 people signed up, which back that this was like back in 2011, I want to say. Yeah, it sounds about right. 2011. And we were hoping to get 10 people signed up. We were like, if we just get 10 people, that'll be awesome. We can help support them, yada, yada. And we ended up getting over 350 women signed up for that first challenge. And it was our first paid challenge. And from there, we were like, wow, okay, maybe there's a lot bigger of an opportunity here than we even realized. And so we, at that point, decided to go all in, continue to create programs for people around the world, not just in our specific landlocked location of Los Angeles. Uh, and and continuing to create recipes, eBooks, all that kind of stuff. And now from the point that we started to the point where the internet is now, a lot of things have changed with social media, with the competition that's out there, et cetera. And so we've had to adapt all of that over the years, but that's essentially from start to finish, how I got from, you know, super depressed, lonely, you know, victim mentality, living in Michigan, not having good mentors or a good network around me, not having a clue what I wanted to do to having a, uh, a really tragic experience that rocked my world, that gave me the reason, the purpose, the why for getting everything figured out and really going for it. And it led to, you know, still to this day, we get messages from women around the world who are, you know, they're just very happy and very like, I like to keep what I like, what I call a love file. So we get all of the positive testimonials or thank you messages, et cetera. And they all go into a love file. And one of my absolute favorite messages that I got was from a woman one time where she said, thank you so much. Your strength training program enabled me to not just have the physical strength, but the mental and emotional strength to leave an abusive relationship and take my kids out of that environment. So getting messages like that from around the world, it is like, I would do this even if we weren't getting paid. You know, I would do it until the day I die. And I think what's really important for other entrepreneurs out there is to find something that you have a really strong why about. And it cannot just be about the money. The money should be a side effect and a perk and a bonus. It's gotta be from your core from your heart and from your soul's purpose and you'll know exactly what that is because it, it typically is tied in with your life's greatest challenges or life's greatest struggles so we did that for about five six years together and then my sister got married went off to start a new business with her husband um they're now doing like van i don't know if you've heard of van life but they're doing van conversions and flips and things like that and they've started a really awesome company helping people to flip Sprinter vans into tiny custom mobile home living situations that are super nice, They're like craftsmen. It's not like when you think of van life, you think of van, van down by the river. It's not like that. Uh, it's, they're super nice, like very craftsmen, very updated, very like top of the line stuff. And in that transition, I decided to then, I was like, okay, what do I do? Do I keep doing this health and fitness stuff? You know, it's been super fulfilling or do I move on to something else? And luckily because we had built up the digital revenue um, from YouTube and from our membership site sales and brand deals and sponsorships and things like that, uh, I had a bit of a grace period to allow myself the space to figure out what I wanted to do next because I never wanted to force myself into the next thing. I don't know if you believe in God or the universe or whatever you want to call it, but I have always followed where I've been guided. And so I didn't want to ever, because of my ego or the thoughts and fears I was having, I didn't want to, have to force myself into doing something that I thought I should do. Um, and instead, I really wanted to wait until I was pulled and guided to the next thing I, I really knew that in my core I was supposed to do. And luckily, again, we had the digital revenue coming in. So I didn't have to, you know, stress around finances at that time. And I really gave myself the space to, to be in self-discovery and healing from the separation with my sister. And over time, you know, people just kept asking, like, what are, what are you doing? Like, how are you traveling the world? How are you doing all this stuff? Like, how do you make money? What do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, primarily YouTube and digital products and selling membership sites and this and that. And it became very crystal clear that there was enough of a need in the marketplace. And I could start helping impact other entrepreneurs to get their message out using digital marketing strategies, using video specifically and focusing on YouTube because it's a huge need out there. And if people knew how simple it was to actually start and grow a YouTube channel, now, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it is simple and it's replicatable, then the impact that I would be able to have through impacting other entrepreneurs who have their own impact is like 10 times the size that I could ever have alone on my own. And so that's what I've gone all in on in the last couple of years. And 
you know, I still love travel, I still love doing all the fun things, but YouTube is really where my passion lies and it's been one of the greatest journeys of my life. I'm curious to learn about, by the way, that's an amazing story and I'm so glad that you shared that. And, and so thank you for that. Um, I'm, I'm curious to learn, you, you had that very, very traumatic experience at a very early age. And I feel like not everybody is exposed to that um, intense of, of an event, maybe in their whole lives, but certainly not at that young of an age. Do you think it's necessary for somebody to have an exposure or, or an experience like that in order to then find something that they're so deeply connected to. And if they don't have something like that, that really like forces, forces you to change in a way, um, how would you, how would you advise going about finding that thing? Because it seems like that's been a very, very powerful driver and a, and a, a catalyst for you. Yeah. So that's a great question. I don't think that, and I actually pray that people don't go through a similar experience. Um, I pray for the prosperity of everyone on this planet and for the health and happiness of them and their families. I don't think it's necessary to have something that tragic happen to you to crack open what's possible for you and what your life purpose and your why is. But what I do absolutely 110% without a doubt believe that it is necessary is to recognize your own mortality. So whether you just have like a face-to-face -face in the mirror with yourself and just sit there and realize like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I know that sounds a little bit morbid, but like there's nothing that will drive a person into faster action than realizing it could all be over tomorrow. And so, you know, we, we've heard the phrase live as if this is like your last day on earth, right? I truly believe that that is something to be cognizant of because it, we, none of us know when the end is coming, but we all know that it is coming. And I think because it's like this out of sight, out of mind thing, we can get really um, lost in the day-to-day -day rigmarole of our, of our monotonous lives and not actually step into or stretch into the scary parts, the things that you know push our edges, the things that we know we've had this dream inside us for a really long time, but you know we also have to feed the dogs and pick up the kids from school and all these other things that get in the way because they're the daily routine, right? But I think regardless of whether you've had a traumatic experience like that or not, connecting to your own mortality and having a relationship with whatever your higher, higher power is, is essential and can be one of the fastest drivers to get somebody to take action right now and not wait until, you know, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now like realize that we don't have a lot of time on this planet. Relatively speaking, like a hundred years, if you're lucky, is like a blink of an eye when it comes to all of time, right? So I don't think you need to have, I, I pray that people don't have to have tragic experiences like that because um, it will it rocks your soul. However, being able to tap into your own mortality as a human being and recognizing that you're not guaranteed tomorrow is is what I would recommend that everybody gets to do on a daily basis. Like it's part of the gift of life. You know, we can't appreciate life if we don't have a really healthy appreciation for the fact that these days are limited. Our days here are numbered. When you decided to move to California and uh, get your stuff together and, and really turn your life around and, and really focus and um, make a lot of progress, you mentioned some of the, things like the physical things like exercising more and uh, getting your nutrition in order and, and so on and so forth. Um, but what were some of those more um, like emotional, spiritual things that, that you had to do if, if any, in addition, because it seems like, yeah, you have to get physically in shape, but, but I believe you have to get mentally in shape. So I'm, I'm just curious as to like what that looked like for you. Yeah, I mean, it's looks like a, and I, here's the thing, we're always transforming, never transform. So I'm always in the practice of expanding and growing and investing in myself in that way. Um, so it looks like anything from business masterminds to live events with other people who think and act and serve the world in similar ways that I do, to hiring a private coach um, to help me process some of the emotions, to doing, you know, small group setting leadership trainings to you know really anything that's stretching me or exposing me to new ways of processing and thought patterns 
Um, one of the most impactful ones was Ascension Leadership Academy in San Diego, California. My, uh, a couple of my friends founded that academy and it's essentially like a, it's an emotional intelligence course and really high, like it's one of the most confronting things I've ever done in my life. And I got perspective and feedback from all different types of people from all walks of life that was really jarring and very confronting. And it taught me some of the greatest leadership skills, speaking skills, enrollment skills that I've ever learned in anything that I've ever done. Um, and also really taught me how to not take things personally um, and to style flex in my communication based on who I'm talking to and how my messages are landing. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. I actually think that the mental side of things, the mental emotional is the first thing we should be investing in because part of that is realizing, okay, in order to have mental and emotional health, I also need to exercise. So that's almost like a secondary thing. Um, of course they're intertwined and linked, but I think the, the mental and emotional side of things is more responsible for the results in our life than we give it credit for. And, you know, I also went through an NLP, which was neuro linguistic programming training um, here in San Diego as well. And just realizing that, like, I, I forget the stat or whatever it is, but it's like 95% of our experience is coming from our subconscious mind. So it's like when you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you're at your destination, but you were talking on the phone the whole time. You're like, how did I get here so quick? Or sometimes you're like going and you're just on autopilot. Like that's your subconscious mind at play. And it's, it's literally got its hands on the wheel so recognizing that 95% of your perception and your experience is actually sort of on autopilot then you can learn how to influence that autopilot to create and generate more of the result you want in your life so I mean it's looked a variety of different ways from all those types of things to developing the right network having the right people in my in my life um you know, choosing who I will and will not invest time and energy into. That's a really big one because our social sphere of influence is incredibly impactful. Um, straight down to, you know, spending time with my dogs. <laughs> There's a lot of different factors, you know, it's hard to answer that question. Well, I uh, appreciate you giving it, giving it a go because, you know, these things are really important and you know, I just think about somebody who may be in, in a dark place right now, but they want to make a change and they're ready for something different, something better. And they know that what their life is like right now is not what it could be and not what they want it to be. And I think being able to learn from somebody like you who have, I mean, I mean you've done amazing things and, and you've reached so many, so many people around the world that it's just so impactful to be able to hear like, okay, well, how do you think about it? Like, what is your thought process? So, yeah, so I appreciate you uh, giving it a shot. Um, when, when, you're, when you're at the level that you are, and I, and I, I feel like it's hard to quantify uh, because I feel like we're all on our own journeys and, you know, in a, different, uh, in, a, in a variety of different ways and we're all so multifaceted. But at this stage in your journey, what questions do you still have? What things are you working on where you're like, wow, this is blowing my mind. I had, you know, totally just, you know, taking you to the next level. What are those things that you're working on? Oh gosh. It depends on the day, you know, you gotta catch me on the right day. I'll get a different answer. Uh, well, one of the things that has seemingly evaded me up till now in my life has been relationships with men. So that's always, I mean, that's a whole monster of a topic. I obviously don't live a traditional lifestyle by any means. I've, I've literally, one of my, my top values in life is freedom. And one of my secondary values in life is balance. And so I've designed my entire life to be able to have freedom of choice in everything that I do. Um, and then having a balance of work and play is also super important to me. And so I've designed my life around that as well. And you know, dating in, in modern society has already got its own, you know, I don't know, fruit basket of challenges. <laughs> but especially as a female entrepreneur, because I'm so used to being like, okay, well, let's design the most epic life ever. And let's like create exactly what we want to experience in this situation. And that's not always something that resonates with the majority of the population, because, you know, there's a different value system with somebody who goes and just decides to get a job just because that's what you're supposed to do. So um, that's one thing that has been increasingly challenging, especially as time goes on. Also increasingly easier as time goes on because I get more and more clear about what's a fit and what's not. 
Um, and then let's see. I mean, I don't know. As far, with my company growth, having all of it grow as quickly as it has with the customers that are coming in, I've been really challenged by how do I systemize this and replicate and duplicate this so that I don't have to be involved in every little nitpicky thing that's happening inside the business. And so that's really been a focus of mine this year is systemizing, creating, um, you know, basically a step-by-step -step process that other people besides me can implement so that I don't have to be the one doing, you know, with my fingers in all of the little buckets of, of the business. So yeah, I would say currently at this moment, those are the two things for me that are the biggest uh, mountains that I'm currently climbing. I'm curious about um, the like find finding the right partner because I feel like as I mean humans like the the person that we end up being with and you know who we choose to be our partners that's like one of the most influential decisions we can make like in in our whole lives our whole whole lives and I'm curious what what do you look for like what what do you search for in in like a partner because i feel like the, there are a lot of different a lot of different philosophies like some people are are more geared towards being like a cheerleader where they don't necessarily want to be the the uh, queen or king of the castle and um you know like being the adventurer and they want to play more of like a supporting role and that's you know I love I love all people, so you know I love those people too. But but on the other side, I feel like they're you know the the fellow sharks who are they're like on the kind of on the same mission, have like a very similar mindset. But then you know you may butt heads a little bit because you're both you're both pretty strong uh, strong willed and, and very opinionated. So like where do you, where do you fall on that? I mean I I think about that I think about that a lot. Where do where do you fall in that whole uh, realm of thinking? Yeah, I think that's a great question and something I imagine a lot of people are are wondering. Um, what I will say is bringing it back to balance. I think balance is key in everything. So I grew up in Michigan where family values are of utmost importance. They're more important than anything out there. Like love and family is, that is like embedded in my DNA. Right? Like nothing else matters if my family is unhappy or ill or struggling, etc. And if someone I love is is not really empowered and feeling good and enjoying all the blessings of life. And so um, what I really look for in relationship with partners is first and foremost, a growth mindset. So someone who is committed to their own growth, committed to their purpose, who is happy with or without me. Um, and what that looks like is, you know, they're working towards their dreams and it doesn't like this person doesn't need to be an entrepreneur. Like they, that, I don't really care about that. Like, as long as you're moving towards whatever it is that your soul's calling, even if it's working for other people or if it's, you know, starting your own company, whatever it is, or maybe it's like building houses in Mexico for people who don't have homes, whatever it is, as long as you are deeply fulfilled and passionate about what you're doing and you have a growth oriented mindset and you're committed to doing the work to make human relationships sustainable and fulfilling on the deepest levels, that's the number one thing that I look for now. Um, and also I think there's, especially in our society, like if you listen to any of the love, love songs out there, they're either like super all about independence, like I don't need no man or I don't need that girl, you know what I mean? Or they're way over on this side of codependence of like, oh my God, you left me and now my whole life's falling apart. I'm really looking again towards balance for interdependence with two healthy individuals because that's what I strive to bring to a relationship. And if I'm entering into one of the most impactful relationships of my life, I want to enter it from a space of what can I give in this scenario? And that is only healthy if the other person is entering it from the same space. And I really truly believe it takes two growth oriented individuals who know themselves inside and out and have also practiced and trained themselves with healthy communication skills so that they can both together choose to cultivate an environment of interdependence, not codependence and not independence, but interdependence where it's like, I got you, but I got me first. And I choose to be here with you also. So that's really, I mean, it's kind of a tall order these days. So, you know, with Bumble and Tinder and all the millions of options out there for people. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to hold strong. And that's the vision that I'm holding. And I know it will come to me eventually. But just stay true to what I know to be truest in my heart. 
Isn't it crazy though that we are in a society with things like like Tinder and and Bumble and there's something like a bagel and coffee or some something <laughs> like that like yeah. <laughs> like I I I think like okay in 250 years what's it going to look like like how much different is it going to be are we going to like put part of our DNA and you know maybe like spit in a tube or something and then you know like like analyzes it <laughs> you know what Who i mean knows? like <laughs> i imagine uh i imagine that uh vr will take over you know we'll have holographic meetings before we actually ever leave the house or this is a thing i just recently learned about sex robots are now a thing um so that's happening everyone watch out <laughs> lock your doors <laughs> so who knows maybe we'll have companion robots that we just like we order them from like we order an uber who knows i don't know but even if that's an option, I, I don't want that. I personally don't want that. <laughs> I would just keep it real, you know, and moral. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you know, I, I, I love to think about legacy, right? And, and I really like to think about it in terms of, like, what do you want people to remember you by when you're not here anymore, when, when you're gone? And, and I'm curious to learn, like, first of all, do you think about that? And if you do, what have you been thinking about in, in relation to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think about that. Are you kidding? I think about that almost every day. This is like what my life purpose is. So this is part of why I get so excited about YouTube is because I get to literally leave a digital legacy of things that I've learned that have helped benefit my life that I know will help benefit other people's lives. And it will live there long after I myself am gone. So you know, that's why I just get so excited about video in general and just using all the technologies that, that we have to be able to publish content around the world for free. Like, that's crazy. If you think 100 years ago, they didn't even have the internet. You know, even 50 years ago, they didn't have the internet. Like, it's crazy that we can literally communicate with people via video or via, you know, audio or whatever your chosen method of communication is. And so when it comes to legacy, that's why I'm so obsessed and so passionate about the internet because you can literally leave a digital timeline of your entire life and all the lessons that you've ever learned in your life. And wow, like, I mean, dude, the beginning of this, this interview, you know, it's the same thing. Like this could exist long, long beyond us actually, you know, being here in the flesh. So when it comes to legacy, my mission and purpose in life and this is whether I'm creating online videos or whether I'm, you know, hanging out with a friend or just talking to a total stranger at Trader Joe's. Okay, it's the same everywhere I go. My mission in life is to leave everywhere a little bit better and leave every person a little bit happier because I was there. And that applies to everything that I do. In what ways do you want to make it better? Oh my God. I mean, there's a million ways. Sometimes when I'm walking down the beach here in San Diego, I'll just start picking up all the trash and straws. Sometimes, you know, when I'm out with a friend, I'll offer to pay for, you know, whoever's food behind me. Uh, even just smiling and acknowledging someone. One time I was at a grocery store and I bought a bouquet of roses for myself. And I was asking the lady at the flower, at the flower station, I don't know what you call it, um, if she had any like wrap or any scissors to cut some of the stems off and she did such an amazing job like she was just such a sweetheart she went out of her way stopped what she was doing went to go help me and I, I ended up at the end of the interaction I gave her a rose and I said you know you've just been such a beautiful person and I want to acknowledge you and thank you for showing up and leading with your heart like I can really feel that you you truly care about people and I just want to thank you and acknowledge you and in like I want you to have this. And she broke down in tears. She had never, she had not been acknowledged like that or seen like that in, I, I don't know, she said years. And so we never know what people are going through on the inside and, and my intention in every interaction. Of course, I'm human, so I'm not perfect at this. Like I have days that are more giving and more loving than others, believe me. Like I'm not saying anybody should be Mother Teresa out there, although I, I think we all should certainly try. Um, but you know, even in something as simple as just acknowledging someone or thanking them and really like seeing them as a person and seeing what's possible for them is way more impactful than any of us individually can ever know because that has a butterfly ripple effect. You know, it's all about paying it forward. So I do my best to do that on the day to day. You know, it's, it's so interesting that 
you talk about like leaving a digital timeline of your of your whole life because I think about that all the time and that is something that is so moving to me and just so inspiring I mean I think about um, my great grandfather on my dad's mom's side so my grandma's dad and he was an entrepreneur here in New Orleans and you know he was he just sounds from the stories that I've heard like such an amazing person. And I wish so much that I could have met him, that I could have interact with him or at least learn from him and ask him questions. So I'm like incredibly curious. And so to be able to like see video of him and to learn from him, that would mean so much to me. And so I think about like, like my grandkids and my great grandkids and so on and so forth. And just the thought of being able to create something that they can say, Oh, wow, that that's so cool. Like that to me is so meaningful that it makes all the little things that are like the little obstacles along the way. It's like, who cares? It's just, it's just another thing to, to get through. It's, it's really not a big deal at all because of the, like the rewards in the long term of what can be created and the good that can be built and, and, and put out in the world. I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so important in my opinion. It really is. Yeah. That's one of the things with our clients, whenever they're getting stuck in the fear conversations, they, I basically always bring them back to the why and it's like, okay, it can be really intimidating to put video or any content out on the internet or publicly, especially if it's a new area or you're stretching into a new goal or dream that you have. It can be really scary to the point where people go for years because they're scared. It's like, well, I'll do it when I'm ready or I'll do it when this happens or, you know, yeah, I want to do that, but I'm just going to wait a little bit longer because I want to make sure I do it right. Like there's all these excuses we tell ourselves, right? And the funny part is when someone's stuck in that that mental loop the answer is always and never will be anything else but it is always what is your why and if one person saw this even if it's not perfect even if you're not ready even if you know you're scared and you feel like you're having a panic attack <laughs> in delivering the info if just one person had the message or received the message that you you and only you are capable of giving would that be beneficial to that person and it's 99.9% of the time, it's a yes. And so it becomes really easy when we're thinking from it, from that perspective, to get out of our own way, let the excuses go aside, because now it's not about you and your ego and the mask that you're wearing and wanting to look good and all those other things that we, we convince ourselves about. It's now become about something bigger than you. And that's what I think digital legacy is, is truly about. It is so freaking cool that we have the opportunity to do this now. And it's still wildly unregulated. It's the wild, wild west right now on the internet. I don't think it will be that way forever. I think, you know, with all the stuff that's been happening in the government lately, I think eventually over time, there will be more regulations on what we're able to produce and sell and talk about online. And right now we don't have really any regulations. So, you know, I don't know, just saying, go <laughs> right now is the time for the land grab. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I also think that, for a lot of people, they're not as crystal clear on on their why and and on on their purpose and exactly what they're trying to do. I mean, I, I feel just you know from from um, our conversation and, and from what I know about you that you know you have a very very laser focused why, and and you know it just seems like you've done a lot of work and a lot of introspection and through all of your experiences, like you've kind of synthesized and put together and and then picked through and really polished and refined like a very very strong clear why and that clarity really gives you a lot of power but i feel like a lot of people they don't have that clarity and they don't have that single driving factor that they can they can always like look back to and be like oh yeah that's why i'm doing it so you know like if i feel like giving up i can just look back at it and it's, it'll just it'll be fine because it, it helps them refocus so what, what's the solution for them if, if they don't have that, that clarity, that, that source of strength, the foundation? So what I'll say to that is I believe that our words are our wishes. And so with that in mind, I 
choose to be very intentional with the language that I use to describe things because I'm acutely aware that as I speak it out, that is the reality that I'm creating around me and that is what will be attractive to me. And so what I heard you say is that what do people do if they don't have that? And my invitation to you and to anyone who feels like they don't have that is to change the languaging around that to something more along the lines of, I'm not sure right now, or I haven't yet invested the time or the exploration or the money or whatever it is for each individual to sit with myself. Because if someone is disconnected from their purpose and their why, that's clearly an indication. It's as simple as this. You're just simply disconnected from your heart because your heart I truly believe is connected to the source that brought you into this world. And so we spend so much of our time in our minds and trying to figure it out or trying to, you know, logic our way through the world, reconnecting back to your heart and giving yourself the time to sit with what you're actually feeling and experiencing will tap you into the breadcrumbs that will lead you to the trail that will help you figure out where you're supposed to go. And I know that's kind of like a hippie boo boo answer, but I don't know any other way to answer that, but my, my biggest invitation is to be really conscious of the languaging that you're using to create and construct the world around you through your words. So if you feel lost on that, that simply is an indication that you get to sit with your heart and really spend some time exploring what lights you up. What are some of the biggest challenges and, and issues that you face in your life that you've come to the other side of it and now you know in sharing that wisdom, you can help prevent other people from going through similar pain. Um, or what are you just super passionate about? And like, you would do it whether you got paid for it or not. And it just, it's the thing that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and you know, it doesn't matter what else you have to do that day. That's like what your mind just wants to keep going back to and back to and back to because you get so much fulfillment in your heart from it. It makes you feel so good. Like those are the things that are gonna give you the breadcrumbs to lead you to what you're actually meant to do with your life. But don't ever think of it as like, I don't have that, I don't have that clarity, because you do. You do. It was planted in your DNA when you were born into this world as a human being. It's in you. You just maybe need to spend a little bit more time sitting with it, exploring opportunities with it, finding other people you find super inspirational that you want to model your life after, etc. So that's that's what I got for that one. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty pretty good. <laughs> you know, I I think about this a lot. Um, about you know how successful people really learn from others and and um, study and learn and and bring together information from a variety of different sources, whether it be masterminds, conferences, books, mentors, etc. Uh, but I feel like there's also this this whole other side of of exploring yourself and your own mind to really create original thought. And to take, maybe it's just creating something entirely new or taking those other things that you've learned and then taking it to the next step or like building upon somebody else's research or, or their information or knowledge. What original uh, uh, discoveries have you made or, or, or original um, work have, have you put together that you feel, you know, is is like really representative of, of how you feel and what you feel and some of those contributions to the world? Uh, well, this is a stretch to share. I do spoken word art. I don't know what to call it, but I do spoken word. And so that's like one of the most original forms of expression that I have. It's not something I do publicly necessarily, um, but it is a passion of mine. And it's something that I feel very connected to the creator of the universe, whatever you want to call it. Uh, in sharing that expression of words with people and talking about real human things that actually matter to people is really exciting to me. Um, or any sort of musical creation, things like that are, are really a great way to be expressive and, and find your own original unique flow with all of that. Um, but for some people, you know, it's like painting or for some people it's web design. Like, who knows? For me, it's spoken word for sure. Well, what have been some of the the words you have spoken? I mean, I don't really know that much about it, but I'm I'm super curious. Do you want a little sample? Yes. Should I do a acapella? <laughs> yes. All right. This is stretchy because I usually do it with a little bit of a beat or a background, but I'll I'll whip something out here and see what I got. 
Love is the inclusion of every emotion. Like a lighthouse guiding your way in any ocean. Like the potent potion making magic hearts in motion. Love is a declaration of a person's deepest devotions. True love is mindless. True love is timeless. True love beckons his honor and her highness to bear witness to the beauty that's within us and the duty that begins when we let go of our selfishness and choose us as we begin in transmutation. Identity rearrangement. Destiny taking shape reminding us where we came from. Love is eternal bliss and it looks just like this. Through thick and the thin. Love is your birthright. Love is all in. To rise in love means to open your eyes again. Become a student of life itself recalling the divine within because no one really knows what comes after this and even if they claim they do they're basically just full of it so why not go all in on this human experience meet a weak consciousness set up to win you steering it the 3d realm is fleeting and also temporary but true love is eternal and sacred it's never secondary it's the only thing that matters at the end of the day true love lives on no matter what gets in its way so anytime you second guess just gotta recalibrate come back to center recommit and radically commiserate that's all i got for you today <laughs> yes <laughs> That was awesome. That yeah, was amazing. It's the whole thing. It's called rising in love. That was such an experience. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. When how did you how did you get into that? When did that that whole part of your life come into being? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I was at this. So in, here in San Diego, there's something called the conscious community, not to say that they're more conscious than other people, but it's just a, it's almost like a qualifier or a signifier for people who are committed to doing transformational work in whatever that looks like for them in their lives. And um, people that are, you know, conscious of, of the other beings on this planet and how we're showing up in life and how we can be the source of transformation in the world. And I was at this uh, community gathering a couple years ago, and they typically, uh, gatherings like this, they always create space for people to share talents or to share things that they feel called to share in whatever way. And I watched three or four different performances that were from all different types of people. And the last one really stuck with me. It was a good friend of mine, Dima. He got up and did this piece called Conversations with God. And it was all about like facing depression and, you know, making empowered decisions, even when you're feeling at the lowest lows of your life. And it really resonated with me. And I remember sitting there watching and thinking like, I think I could do that. I think I could, I think I can do that. And luckily I have the community and the environment because I've sought it out to of people who support exploration of what's possible for the human experience. So had a lot of support and a lot of friends that really encouraged me to, to put some time into it. And, you know, I shared my first piece. I'll never forget. It was like, I think there was like 10 people in the room. I was so nervous. I had just gotten back from Burning Man a few years ago. And I was like, okay, guys, I wrote a little song and I want to perform it for you guys. Is that cool? And they were like, yeah, totally. And I completely messed everything up. And they cheered me on the whole time. And it was like all those nerves and butterflies and, and all the stuff that people get when they're doing anything new. It was like, okay, I think I'm, I was having fight or flight response. <laughs> I was like, okay, with the support of that community, I was able to overcome that and really hone in and cultivate that, that skill or that you know, I don't want to say talent, but that passion of mine. So yeah, luckily I had other people who led the way first and gave me permission to be all of, all of me in that way. Well, that was, that's really special. So that's special. amazing. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, you know, I've, I, I play music too. And, um, you know, I've, I've been playing the guitar for a few years now and there's just something about that creative, just putting yourself out there and in, in you know, a musical way or, or, you know, via, via spoken word, which is definitely musical in, in, in some respects and in a lot of respects. Uh, but there's just something so special about that. I mean, it just, I feel like it unlocks like a different or, or at least engages like a different part of your being. That's just, it's so hard to, to access that any other way. It's just, it's magical almost. And like to then get together with other people who are also doing that. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. So, it's so your cool. heart. It's your heart. I feel, I truly feel that connecting to art, music, community, that's all heart, you know? And that's something I, again, with balance, I really strive to do really well and do awesome things and work. But if I don't also have these other outlets and areas for expression and connection, then I start to lose like the, the whole juicy frosting of life, you know, like, okay, you can have your cake, but like, don't you want frosting and berries on top? Like, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, 
you know, Liz, I want to, I want to thank you so, so much for, uh, for, for being on the show with me today. Uh, I want to be very respectful of your time. So, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you very much. Thank you for sharing, um, you know, in, in, in so many, so many different levels. So, um, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this and I love supporting what it is that you're working on. It's so cool that you're giving a voice to some of the most important parts of what it means to be human. So thank you for doing the work and, and for including me in it. I really appreciate you. Well, that means a lot of, you know, I just have uh, one more question for you and then, cool. then we'll wrap it on up. Um, I want to know what question should I be asking you specifically me asking specifically you that I just wouldn't think to ask. What? Oh, that's a put me on the spot here, brother. Let me think about that for a second. Me with all my in all my weird glory. What should you ask me? Well, no, that's not it. I was gonna say, how many songs do you know how to play on the ukulele? But I don't know if you're going for like serious <laughs> or or like fun. I don't know. What do you want? Whatever you think, whatever you feel is most appropriate. Okay. Um, how about this one? Who's the most meaningful person in your life? That's a great question. Would you mind answering it, please? Yes, it is my younger sister. By far, I don't know what it, what kind of life, if, if other lifetimes exist, we must have had a bunch of them together because... She is my heart and soul and I would do anything. I would do anything for anyone in my family, but especially my younger sister, it's like, it's almost like experiencing pseudo motherhood through being an older sibling. And it's a beautiful thing and I feel very blessed. And I guess the reason that that one comes to mind for me is I really like, if anyone takes any takeaways from this, I really hope that people drop into the most important thing, which is love. Like where in your life, do you have the people that that love you and that you love and how can you cultivate and stand and create more connection with those people so yeah my little sister and bless everyone out there who has the opportunity to have family i think we all do and family is such a gift so don't take it for granted i couldn't agree more so uh again thank you very very much um it's been very special sharing this time with you so Thank you again. And to everybody who's watching and listening, um, whenever you're watching, listening, I want to thank y'all very, very much for being a part of this experience uh, and, and sticking with us all the way till the end. Your time is very valuable too. So I'm very grateful that y'all would choose to share some of it with us today. So thank y'all. Um, thank you again, Liz and take care y'all. See y'all in the next episode.